0: we're here to inspire inform and connect entrepreneurs and high achievers welcome to results radio with the number one results coach in the country sean shuchuk sean is as focused on your results as you are visit our website at www.yourresultsradio.com and take advantage of the free tips and gifts Plus, get your copy of the best selling results journal, developed by the number one results coach in the country. With you in mind, it is the most powerful achievement tool used by high achievers today. Here is the host of Results Radio, Sean Shuchuk.
1: This is Results Radio, and I'm your host, Sean Chuchak. Welcome back. I had the privilege to not only do the show, but work with, speak to folks all over the United States, Canada, and abroad. And one of the things that always comes out is, Sean, listen, when I face challenges, whether perceived or real, what do I do? There are times I don't want to get out of bed in the morning. There are times I don't want to do some of the things I know that need to be done. So today we're going to have a conversation about somebody that has encountered some challenges in their life than what they did as a result. If you haven't done so yet, please go to our website at yourresultsradio.com. Get yourself a copy of the results journal. It was designed with you in mind to help you accomplish more and to do it in less time. We're going to jump right in, but just before we do that, I want to share something with you. Every week, I have an incredible amount of people that send us messages through social media, through our website, even phone our, our office sometime. And they ask questions. And one of the questions that's been asked a lot of, and I shared this in our last show, is how to do business differently. Because as we all know, the world has changed. And since January, how we do almost everything has dramatically changed, no matter where you are on this little little planet of ours that we call home. So the one thing I want to share with you is a lot of times human nature is we focus on the things we don't want or we focus on the problem and I want to share something with you that I think is so vitally important and this is always the truth there is always a solution. Start focusing on the things you want. Start focusing on the solutions and the lessons you've learned as a result of some of the challenges you may have faced throughout the course of your life and even the last few months. All right, if you're already, I know I am. With me today on Results Radio is an incredible gentleman. This guy has he has changed the lives of more more children you can possibly think of he i had the privilege of uh, getting to know him, uh, I don't know, two or three years ago through a mutual acquaintance who uh, incidentally is no longer with us. And I really want to so thank you uh, thank you to ryan for for the introduction a couple of two, three years back. This gentleman is, honestly, he's an inspiration, and I'm going to let him share one of his his latest projects with you as we go through the show, but I also going to ask him about some stories. So, Uh, Co-founder of the Make-A-Wish Foundation and the inspiration behind the new movie, Wishman, that came out uh, just a little while ago, Frank Shankowitz. Welcome to Results Radio. Thank you for joining me.
2: Oh, Sean, Sean, I appreciate the invite. It's a shame we can't do this in person.
1: Well, I wish we could, to be very honest with you, but I'm, uh, I'm just a little bit north of the 49th parallel, and I have not been in the United States now since early this year and I said to my wife must have been on the weekend we were in the Rocky Mountains going for a little bit of a hike and I said this is the first time in my adult life that I haven't been in the US like I I am across that border in a 15 20 25 times a year so this has been very interesting for me it certainly taught me a few interesting lessons over the course of the last few months but hey listen I'm always fortunate and blessed to get the privilege to work with some amazing folks and have conversations with them just like you Listen, in the introduction, I alluded to uh, Make-A-Wish Foundation and that you were the co-founder of that. So, first of all, I take my hat off to you because I know what that organization has done over the course of years. Tell me something. Where did that start? How did that start?
2: Well, I'll give you the the brief synopsis on that since we only have a half hour. And uh, this goes back to (coughs) 1980 is when I created and co-founded the make Foundation. And just before that period, in the middle 70s, was a television show in the United States called Chips that was mm-hmm. very popular. And Chips was about the adventures of two California Highway Patrol motorcycle officers, Ponch and John, very popular with the younger children. The demographic was about seven years old on up. But And, and I was a motorcycle officer with the Arizona Highway Patrol during this period. And in 1980, a customs officer named Tom Austin had befriended a little boy named Chris Gracious. Chris was seven years old. Chris's heroes were Ponch and John from the television show Chips. And he told Tommy Austin and his mother, a single mom, when I grow up, I want to be a motorcycle officer, just like Ponch and John. And unfortunately, Chris had leukemia. And, in fact, terminal leukemia, only a couple of weeks to live. And back in the in the uh, 80, early 80s, Sean, leukemia was a death sentence for children. There was no cure for it. Mm-hmm. And Agent Austin contacted the Highway Patrol, said, is there any way that uh, this little boy could meet one of the Highway Patrol officers? We could arrange maybe a special day. And our commander said, definitely. And with the permission of Chris's doctor, his mother, our commanders, uh, we picked him up on our state police helicopter and they flew him to our headquarters building in Phoenix where they asked me to be standing by with my motorcycle. And we initially cha- trained with California Highway Patrol. Our equipment was identical, me and our motorcycles. Our uniforms are almost identical, except ours obviously said Arizona. But as the helicopter approached, I could see this little boy just face pressed against the glass. Big smile. And I had no idea what to expect, Sean. This little boy just came off IVs. In fact, his do- doctor is traveling with him. Uh, helicopter lands, door opens, little red pair of sneakers jumps out. Hi, I'm Chris. Just a big smile, happy. Can I get on your motorcycle? Well, of course you can, Chris. And he had watched Chip so much, he knew every button and switch on that motorcycle. This is a siren. Can I turn it on? <laughs> These are the red lights. What's in your saddlebag? The same as Punch. He's laughing and giggling. I'm looking at his mother, Sean, and she's crying. I mean crying. And I couldn't understand that. Then it dawned on me, she has her 7-year-old back. He's not laying in a hospital bed with IVs. And the biggest thing, Chris knew he was going to die. I can't imagine that at 7 years old, knowing that you only have a couple weeks to live. But in the next couple days, again, condensing his storage, Chris became the first and only honorary Ohio Patrol motorcycle officer in the history of the Highway Patrol, complete with a custom-made uniform we had for him, his own badge number with a badge that is still assigned to him today. Most important, his motorcycle wings that he got to make him an official motorcycle officer. His wish had become true. And unfortunately, a couple of days after all these events, Chris did pass away. And I always like to think maybe those wings helped carry him to heaven. But my commander came to me and said, we have lost a fellow officer and we learned that Chris is going to be buried in a little town of Kewanee, Illinois. And I would like you and your partner to go back and escort him and give him a full police funeral, which we did. Now, the press picked this up. And this is, again, the before the days of internet, anything like that. We landed at O'Hara Airport in Chicago. The press is there to meet us. They had heard about our story, about our mission. And we got some interviews on that that got a lot of publicity. But the press also notified in this little town of Kewanee, Illinois, about 180 miles uh, southwest of Chicago, the Illinois State Police, the city police, the county police, who surprised us, they all met us at this little town funeral home to give Chris a full police funeral. In fact, he was buried in uniform. His grave marker reads, Chris Gracious, Arizona Trooper. But flying home, I just started thinking, here's a boy who had a wish, and we made it happen. Why can't we do that for other children? And that's when the idea of the Make-A-Wish Foundation was born, maybe 30-some thousand feet over Kansas. Mm -hmm.
1: Let me ask you a question. How many children has that organization now, or at least approximately, been able to grant a wish to?
2: And it's an amazing figure because we've recently gone over worldwide a half a million children. A half a million children and an amazing statistic, and it varies back and forth between 28 and 32 minutes. Somewhere in the world, a wish is granted, all because of a little boy that wanted to be a motorcycle officer.
1: Well, congratulations on being able to have such an incredible impact on on probably those that, that more than anyone need uh, an experience like that in their lives. Uh, there's a, there's a, quite a story that, that falls in behind this, and I've been privileged to, as I alluded to in, the, in your introduction a few minutes ago, the, the movie Wishman that recently came out. There's a little bit of a story that goes in behind that. You're meeting this young fellow that passed away. Share, share with us, please, what's, what, what led up to this?
2: Well, I was on a 10-man motorcycle tax while we worked the whole state of Arizona. Two weeks in one town, two weeks in another town. And it was in 1978. I was involved in a high speed chase with a drunk driver. When another drunk driver pulled directly in front of me, I couldn't do what we call a break and escape and hit him uh, broadside at 85. I was told the crash was spectacular, but uh, it was pronounced dead at the scene. And my partner tried to revive me. He couldn't do it. He called in the code 963 officer killed in the line of duty. And an off-duty emergency room nurse stopped at the scene, said, I, I want to perform. I want to try and bring him back. He's already dead. Well, we're talking now so obviously she didn't listen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and for the next four minutes, performed CPR. In fact, did me bring, bring me back to life. And that, that accident took a long time to recover. I had mass, massive brain injury, skull fracture, broken bones, missing skin. And towards the end, when I was getting ready to release back to work, the counselor, because they sent me also to counseling, besides therapy, to make sure my head was okay to go back to work after that traumatic experience. The counselor said, God spared you for a reason, and now it's up to you to find that reason. And two years later, I found that reason when I was introduced to this little boy.
1: It's a really good story. Uh, let me ask you this. You encountered your, and we all do, and for every one of us, it's really different. Our experiences are different. The challenges we face in life as we go through life, the journey is different. You face your own set of challenges. Share with me, what, how do you deal with that? How do you deal with things when they come your way that maybe are unexpected, that and some people have even said, Sean, I don't deserve what came my way? How, how do you deal with those things when they come your way, because you've 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 had your set of challenges, but still you've you've had a, an incredible impact
2: yeah, and I go back to my childhood. I had a very interesting, not normal childhood being kidnapped, being abandoned, and at age ten, I found a mentor, a father figure that taught me so much. My father was always looking for me during his years. But a Mexican gentleman, like I say, became my father figure. And one of the things he taught me work ethic, because at 10 years old, I started working full-time washing dishes. But he, in a very small town, 500 people, Sligman, Arizona, up on old Route 66, just off the Indian Reservation. He said, Frank, always when you can, there's so much bad things happen in your life, but try and find out the positives and make those negatives in your life, turn them into positives which I try and do every time. Like he mentioned one day, you know what, it's a negative. You only have a half a sandwich to eat today. But the positive is you have a half a sandwich and be appreciative of that. And then also try and avoid negative people in your life. And we all have that. We all have those negative people, whether it's at work, whatever it might be. Try and avoid those negative people. Either turn it to a positive or just kind of get rid of that negativity in your life.
1: When you're faced it, and we all are, and I was, it's interesting. I was, I was doing another interview here recently, and for Results Radio, and and one of the conversations we had, somebody said, "I have failed three times," and I said, "Well, define failure for me." And this gentleman said to me, "Sean, I have literally lost everything three times in my life. It's nothing that I went and did, and it wasn't an intentional thing." And I said, "Well, how how do you deal with failure?" And so I love to ask these questions because everybody has their own way, especially when they've accomplished. There's a difference between success and significance. When they've done something significant in their lives, how do you deal with things that come your way that you and maybe even others might perceive as failure, Frank?
2: Well, yeah, and then everything in life is not all uh, puppies and lollipops. I mean, we all have those hiccups in our <laughs> life. But but it's, it's what you do with those hiccups. It's how you handle it. And the biggest thing, like I just mentioned earlier, is find that okay, the hiccup is a negative thing in your life, but how to change that to a positive thing. Uh, You mentioned Mm -hmm. failure sometime. Well, if you keep doing the same thing over and over, try something different. (laughs) There's always a way to change something.
1: Right. I agree with you. We're going to take
2: a break. This is Results Radio. I'm your
1: host, Sean Chuchak. We'll be back in just a moment. Stick with us. What would being a best-selling author do for you and your business? Massive credibility. Your brand launchpad. Celebrity. Over two-thirds of Americans want to write a book. Get yours published now and distribute it around the world. More exposure means more prospects. More prospects means more clients. Even better, you don't have to do it all alone. You've got the leading publishing and marketing team doing it with you. At Results Press, it's easier than you dreamed. Visit us today at theresultspress.com.
0: You and I know you're ready for more, for the freedom that you were promised when you decided to become an entrepreneur. Sean Shuchuk is the number one results coach in the country, and he wants to work with you, but only if you want to achieve real and lasting results. If you want five times or ten times your income, and to do it fast, if you want that six or seven-figure income, visit ChangeYourResults.com now. Send Sean a message and say, I want real freedom. I want to invest in myself and work with you. Welcome back
1: to Results Radio. I'm your host, Sean Chuchuk. Today on the show, we have the incredible Frank Shankowitz, co-founder of the Make-A-Wish Foundation. Frank, we were talking a moment ago before the break about failure. I want to shift gears for a minute, uh, and I don't want to focus necessarily on the negativity, although in life there's been a lot. We live in an interesting time. You and I were chatting on the phone a couple of weeks back when we were uh, discussing this interview, and one of the things that came out was how the world has changed. I was going to say a little bit, but I think it's uh, fairly significantly since the beginning of the year, since March, middle of March. Tell me something. There are a lot of people, and I hear it, and I haven't been on a stage, obviously, for six or seven months. I haven't flown really anywhere in the last six or seven months. Tell me something. How do you, I don't know if this happens to you, but I know what happens to me in my line of work and the, the coaching side and speaking, whether it's virtual or, or in person, people are seeking something uplifting, something motivational. When you encounter challenges that come through life, what do you do to shift that momentum or that focus?
2: Look for the positive. How can I better mm-hmm. improve things? How can I surround my people, surround myself with people that can help me improve things? And again, I've learned this. If, if you hang around with negative people, guess what? You're going to be negative yourself. So find those people okay. in your circle or to be part of your circle that can Help you adjust whatever it might be, and I always look for mentorship. I always, I'm always open to ideas. Hey, uh, someone will say to me, "You know what? You might try this instead of you have to. You might." I love saying, "I'll suggest to you something that may may fix this uh, problem, and let mm-hmm. me try that. See if it works. Filter it out. See what works, what doesn't."
1: What? Uh, so you, 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 I think you know a little bit about what I do, and I, I've shared uh, the stage a couple times at a couple different events over the last couple years. Tell me something what there's a lot of folks out there that are focused their life mission, and I, I like to think i 'm one of them on helping folks change the direction, build something of significance in their lives. How imperative is having a coach someone to walk hand in hand and side by side with as you make those shifts and changes or have that impact
2: Oh very important, very important to have that coach, that mentor i'm, I'm police officer, a homicide detective, uh, in fact, I retired a few years ago with 42 years of service. And what am I going to do now? I, I had, I'm not the guy that's going to sit around. The Juanans didn't have a lot of openings for retired homicide detectives. But I got involved, and I had been speaking for several years for Make-A-Wish, and a gentleman named Greg Reed heard one of my mm-hmm. presentations. He said, how much do you charge for speaking? I said, well, I don't charge for Make-A-Wish. It's our foundation. No, to go, to go on the stage, to become a professional speaker. I said I've never thought about it. He said, "Well, let's think about it." And quite a bit age difference between Greg and I. Him obviously being younger, but I accepted his mentorship, and because of that, ended up with a successful new career in the speaking world. Forbes number one keynote speaker in 2016. Uh, because of the mentorship. But I also every everybody that I talk to I'll get a new idea about how to present an audience, how to make your presentation, how to connect with your audience.
1: I love that, Greg. Reed, obviously. I, I know Greg. Greg's incredible, and uh, I think he's had a, an impact on a lot of people throughout life. I love that analogy, and you shared how it works. And I think there are so many people out there today, and that are they think they've arrived. And I have a I have an opinion on that. And if you ever think in life that you have foot all, it might be very close to the end for you because I think life's a learning experience, and I don't think you you go through a day in life, any one of us, without without learning, I, I always like to say I'm a sponge. I like to take everything that I can. I love to learn because at the end of the day, I'm one of those people that I, I've gone to school. Not that I loved school, matter of fact I hated school, but I went to school later on in life actually because I wanted more knowledge. And I think that's that's so important. What would you say to someone today who's thinking about you said you can't sit still when you retired from being a homicide detective. By the way, thank you for your service. I think that that's incredible. That's, you know, giving selflessly like that for for over four decades is uh, certainly something that needs to be acknowledged. Thank someone you. today who's you're very welcome. What do you say to someone who has gone through challenges? Maybe they've lost their job, they've been furloughed as a result of this this current pandemic that all of us are experiencing. What do you say to those people that today are in the midst of of that, that that hiccup or that speed bump in life, and they may not see everything, or they may not see the positive side of, of it, uh, especially when there's obligations that perhaps can't be met.
2: Oh, and it's so hard. I mean, what you're saying today, especially with the pandemic, and people, in fact, losing jobs, even with my own, my own children, grandchildren losing jobs. And one of the advices I gave to them, it's tough, it's gonna to be tough, and but don't give up. Don't give up. Don't sit at home every day, oh, whoa, is me. Just keep mm-hmm. looking. Keep looking. I have uh, one of my grandsons out of work for almost a year, and all of a sudden he got picked up by the iron workers union and is an apprentice and a whole new career for him, a lot of hours. And he called me and he says, I can't believe how hard I'm working, how hardest I've ever worked in my life, but I'm not going <laughs> to give up. And just, just keep looking. Keep digging.
1: I love that advice, I, and I've sh- I shared this story a couple times from stage over the years. I remember being a very young kid. I was in school. I think I was 19, maybe 20, and I went and got a job, and the, my boss at the time, he didn't like me, and he would make me do everything to – he wanted me to quit, literally making me clean the floors with my hands and knees and clean toilets. And I remember it was, I think it was a Saturday morning and he literally was making me clean the floor of a stock room that was massive and there was nothing to be cleaned. It was a concrete floor, but th- that wasn't the point. The point was he was trying to break me. And I, and I tell the story cause there's humor to it. I went to the, to the district manager and asked for a transfer after six months of this and I got my transfer. And he saw my, because he was still a manager. He saw my employee review, and he said, "Oh, you learned how to work." And I said, "No." And of course, being a kid and a little bit of a smartass, I said, "No, I just, I just got a real manager." And it's, it's interesting when you look at this. And I was, <laughs> I was determined not to give up. And I think part of that story that you talked about your, uh, I think you say it was your grandson, that that really is the key. Is it's, it's sometimes even when it seems impossible or insurmountable. Is, is always persisting and having that tenacity to do that. You, you talk you talk, you talk talk about your kids and grandkids. So obviously you have grandkids. I was asked a question recently by somebody, and I'm not close to retirement age, but they asked the question. They said, Sean, are you ever going to retire? And I said, no, I, I, I will never retire. Maybe may work when I want to, not because I have to, but tell me something. You're, I'm guessing you're probably somewhere in that age group without being direct and asking you, Will you ever retire?
2: No, I won't retire. I I have retired, obviously, from the police. Uh, I am in my 70s, but I'm not the guy that wants to sit on the porch, even though that's kind of nice every now and then. But I'm just involved, again, with the speaking career. In fact, we're starting to get rebooked for next year, but also in production because of a previous TV show I was involved in, and then leading to the movie and the production side of that and now two possible new TV shows that we're working on. So I've got this whole new career. In fact, I've got Mint Creek Productions, my new company, for the development of media programming.
1: That's incredible. Share with us and, and the listeners around the world how how this movie, Wishman came to be.
2: <laughs> I'll try and make this quick. Again, Greg <laughs> Reed, he asked me to be involved with a documentary he was filming in San Diego called Stickability, he was filming this, and mm-hmm. I was gonna be one of the speakers on stage. I did my part on the stage, and he came up afterwards, and he said, Frank, what's your wish? And I said, what do you mean my wish? It's not about me, it's about the kids. He said, no, if you had a wish, what would it be? Do you want a, you want a new pickup? Do you need a new stable? What do you need? And uh, I said, I'd just like to have my story told. And I was working on my book at the time, Wish Man, same title mm-hmm. as the movie. And he said, well, maybe we can do something about that. After the film and the documentary, he introduced me to a director named Theo Davies, who in fact was the director and wrote the original screenplay for Wishman. And Theo said, I've never seen an audit reaction to someone like you, and I want to do a feature film about your life. And I said, no, you don't. He said, yes, we do. (laughs) And that led to that. Now, I've worked with Hollywood before. One of the things I insisted on was uh, script approval because I know how Hollywood likes to embellish. When you go to a movie and it says, based on a true story, it's seldom the true story. But then that's why it took two and a half years to write the screenplay. But it took a six years total between a screenplay. Uh, we filmed it all in Arizona. Uh, it was released in 2019. We became qualified for Best Picture Academy award. What a shout-out to the cast and crew for a low-budget, independent movie. And currently, Wishman is on Netflix, and in fact, we just got extended for another year due to its popularity. Well,
1: congratulations on that. I have watched it, and I actually ordered a a DVD, so I actually have a copy of it. So when it isn't around on on Netflix anymore, I still have it. So congratulations on that. I know that uh, Greg shared the story some time ago uh, with me a couple years ago, long before the movie came out of uh, sort of how that happened and the, the, the Frank, Frank Shankowitz's wish around this. And I honestly and think that's incredible. I'm, I'm so grateful that, that I've had the opportunity to chat with you today. If somebody wants to reach out to you or get a hold of you, wants you to speak, or find out more information, how do, they, how do they do that, Frank?
2: They can go to my website, Sean, which is Wishman1, the number one, wishman1.com. Or also, I'm on Facebook, social media. Just put in my name in social media, find me there, or Google my name. You, you'll find me everywhere. So, yeah, and I hope we can make contact.
1: Awesome. I really appreciate that. I know a lot of people are going to be interested to, to obviously hear the interview, but, but I think you're going to see uh, there's obviously interest around the movie as well, and it's, it's playing on, on Netflix, so they have uh, it's instant gratification as we've come to know it in today's day and age. Listen, there's a lot of people from United States, Canada, and all over the world listening to us today. You've had a life of incredible experiences. You have surmounted challenges that most people couldn't. Please share a one golden nugget, something that every single person listening to us today can wrap their head, heart, and hand around and implement when we finish speaking.
2: Well, I'm going to use the tagline of the movie and the tagline i been since a little boy was taught, is everyone can be a hero, meaning if somebody needs help, try and help them out. It doesn't have to be financially, just whatever you can do to help somebody out. Be a hero in somebody's life.
1: Thank you very much, Frank. Thank you for being on Results Radio today. I really appreciate it. It's been an incredible conversation. Thank you for sharing. Friends, this is Results Radio. I'm your host, Sean Chuchak. Thank you for joining us for another episode. It's always great to have you here with us. Until next time, take care of yourself and each other.
0: Thank you for joining us today on Results Radio. Every show, we bring you the very best guests that share with you their experiences and expertise. Do whatever you have to do to join us for our next show. And visit us today at yourresultsradio.com. While you're there, get your copy of the Results Journal.